Are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid podcast in our final preseason episode. Yes, the season starts next week. We are joined by Tara Bowen Biggs, team mom from the Blazer's Edge Woo! and Women's Hoops and Talk podcast. How are you doing, Tara? I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys. I love being on a, a guest on someone else's podcast because <laughs> all I have to do is answer questions. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. We're seriously stoked to have you on. I know Austin and I are big fans of yours. We'll be asking you some questions later on uh, in the podcast. But uh, for now, let's talk some Blazers. By this time, uh, by the time the episode is published, the Blazers will have played the Utah Jazz in their second to last preseason game. Unfortunately, we can't cover that tonight. Um, Hopefully nothing of note occurs in that game other than Blazers highlights, improved chemistry, shooting and defense. Uh, But the last preseason game they played was against the Phoenix Suns. I was there. I was there with uh, Rip City Keith from the Trailcasters, and the Blazers lost. There was not much defense. The Suns scored 24 threes. The Blazers missed a lot of threes. Uh, so were any thoughts from the two of you on that last Blazers-Suns game? Our guest should go first. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. I actually was on a girls weekend this weekend and oh, our nice. destination was Southern California and my whole goal was to get inside the Staples Center. Oops. So I did not watch much of that particular game, um, although I will say that earlier this summer I decided that this was going to be the year of CJ and I'm trying to make the, like the hashtag season of CJ catch on Ooh. and I was happy to see that he was scoring well but he and I need to have words about his free throw shooting oh yeah right <laughs> hashtag season of CJ I That's really like right. that all right everybody get on board with that 503 for the fans figures. is on board with that I know that <laughs> season of CJ okay well yeah I mean um so, Tara, what game did you happen to catch, or did you were you able to catch a, a game in the Staples Center? Yeah, actually, I went. There was it was like a Clippers preseason game against Melbourne, so like nobody was there, and the tickets like basically they practically paid me to go. Uh, <laughs> but I was just like, I was realistically, I'm probably not going to be able to go to a Laker or a Clippers game actually in Staples Center for many years. So <laughs> I thought Jeez. I'll do it. Did you guys have you guys ever been inside the Staples Center? Nope. I can't say I have. Okay, I discovered the most amazing thing. The entire inside of the arena is painted red and black. What? I know. Isn't that just, I mean, it makes sense because staples, like their colors yep. are red and black. Uh, that was yeah. easy. Yep. <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't get punched. I was like super fortunate that it was like a preseason game that nobody cared about because I was like going, I can't believe it's red and black in here if i was a laker fan or a clipper fan i'd be so mad i'd just be reminded of the blazers the whole time and i'm sure like some people were just like oh my god who's this woman but so that was delightful to discover and then the other fun thing was um because i guess you know out of sight out of mind i completely forgot that mo harkless was on the team Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, oh, yeah. And I heard him announce him. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Mo. So I got to watch Mo play. And like I was standing up and cheering for him. And everybody was like, who is this crazy person? Um, and, oh, and everyone was like, oh, you must really like Mo. And I'm like, no, Mo needs a, needs a lot of encouragement. You guys are going to learn this real quick. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. But yep. he did play well. And it was great to see him. And oh, man, I, I hope it's a good fit. But I kind of feel like, um, you know, after watching him in that preseason press conference that i think in his heart he's gonna still be a blazer for quite a while oh yeah 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 i haven't really seen something uh too similar to that 
really ever i mean obviously I'm, I'm i'm probably in somewhat of a blazers bubble on my social media but um i mean when was the last time we saw a player usually the it's the it's the old uh colloquialisms of oh you know it's it's another it's just another day on the job it's you know it doesn't matter what, what team but like it's pretty seldom that you find a player who's just like come on man to, and i'm sure it helps a little bit that uh patterson um you know i, I don't believe he was a clipper the previous season himself either but um yeah that's i i gotta side with you on that one too tara um but yeah so that son's loss I, i'm kind of in the same boat i didn't even uh I, honestly i i had something to do and turned it off after the second half um i saw i started seeing cj uh you know turn it on and pretty much everything get turned off aside from that um and yeah but i mean it was a it was a good game i i live in phoenix um so it's there's a lot of buzz right now for the Phoenix Suns. There's a lot of excitement going on. Um, and I think that the re-signing of Oubre uh, is, in my opinion, actually a little bit more significant for that franchise than than the uh, overpayment to Ricky Rubio, in my opinion. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was definitely a game. CJ showed that a little bit of that extended range. Um, which I like to see, uh, and and I think he's in that point in his career where he and he's he's always been able to do this more so than his peers, but he's in that point now where it's like I saw Dame give him the ball late in the shot clock two or three times, just in the small percentage of time that I watched the game, and it was like bucket, you know how how do you want me to get it? Do you want me mm-hmm. to like? And he's muscling people underneath the basket now. I'm starting to see. He's you see the one footed three pointer he hit. <laughs> beautiful yeah, dame yeah. shoots it gets blocked back to cj and right at the end of the shot clock he hits a one-footed three hit it before james harden that was awesome yeah yeah you gotta you gotta love seeing that how do you do you tara do you think that uh harden's going to um find a way to to navigate these these um kind of policies that are gunning him a little bit gunning towards him a little bit i think there was a, a revamped travel policy that he's saying, oh, you know, it's part of the game. I'll just figure out a way to do it. I mean, how much do you expect to see that change or affect his game this season? I think he means it 100 percent. He'll just figure out how to do it. I mean, that's a huge part of the genius of James Harden is that whatever the rules are, he figures out how to bend them just and just stay close enough. And don't forget that Damian Lillard does the exact same thing. So we can't complain about Harden do it if that's how Damian is getting the calls. And that's what I think. That's what I the way I think that CJ is going to improve his game this year, which is why I'm like so annoyed he can't make his free throws. That's I really think that CJ, uh, it, it, you know, of all the things that he has, you know, figured out over the last few years, there's still a few more things to add. And it just seems like that uh, learning how to draw fouls, especially those really tricky fouls, just seems like, you know, the next step in his evolution. And I think he could get like super fantastic at it. He's just got to finish. He's got to put him in the bucket. I mean, he's going to be great at it. And then we'll have Damian and CJ able to do mm-hmm. that. So, Seriously. you know, if, if Harden is pay- paving the way for that, I, I can't complain about that because, of our stars are taking the same advantage. That's, that's just how it is. <laughs> so it's the same game, same game for all the, all, uh, all the guys that are playing it. Right. So, um, well, uh, did we want to just go ahead and dive right in into the, our next topic, Christian? Oh yeah. So by this time next week, the NBA season will have started and the Blazers will be taking on the Denver Nuggets. And this is a Denver Nuggets team that based on total minutes has its top 10 players returning from a 54 win two seed in the West season. And they're adding a lottery pick who 
could develop to be their star small forward in Michael Porter Jr. This guy was projected to be a top pick in his draft, and then injuries kind of bumped him down a bit. Uh, he still is the 14th pick right there in the lottery. But their final game last season was a down-to-the-wire loss in Game 7 against the Blazers. We narrowly defeated them, moving on to the Western Conference Finals. So these Nuggets are going to want revenge. And for perspective, the Blazers in total minutes last season, actual time spent on the court playing with their teammates, only the top two are returning as far as... Uh, okay, I didn't say that right, but the top two are returning. Then down to number eight, Zach Collins. Three through seven are all gone as far as total minutes in game one. Nurkic will be there eventually, hopefully in January, February, March. We'll see. But in game one this season, the next best is Zach Collins. And after that is 12th and 15th in Rodney Hood and Anthony Simons. So the Blazers, their chemistry is going to take some time, I think. Um, they could very likely go through some significant growing pains. And I think they're still a playoff team with a championship ceiling. And I think Damon Stotts can incorporate new players uh, as well as any other team. But this is a Denver team that's on the rise. Uh, so do we think the Blazers will win game one with new players uh, against a revenge-fueled, full-strength Denver Nuggets team? Miss Tara? Well, there's a lot in that question. And so I'm going to just go ahead and sidestep it. And <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Like for people who listen to the Blazers Edge podcast, they may know that I've been complaining all summer about how I'm already so tired of Denver. Uh, because, of course, we just had them seven-game series, and then we play them twice in the preseason, and then we open an opening yeah. night. And I've just been like a broken record on how tired I am of Denver. That having been said... I'm starting to get a little bit defensive of them because suddenly everyone has just rocketed the Utah jazz up to the top. And like, mm. I don't know where that came from when you can look at Denver and all those things that you just listed are to their advantage. Plus they have Jokic who is so, so much versatility. I mean, Rudy Gobert is good, but he can only do a fraction of the things that Jokic can do. Yeah. So I don't know if the Blazers are going to beat Denver. I certainly think that they can. Um, and like I said, I'm tired of them, but I'm also starting to kind of love this rivalry. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I, what you were saying about like the returning minutes, one thing that Cassidy and I talked about uh, the last time we recorded is that we realized that uh, Zach Collins is now one of the longest tenured Blazers on the team. Wow. Which is, I mean, who besides Damon CJ, like, who else has been there as long? Yeah, it's I, just like Nurk. I know. And he's it's not just, playing right now. <laughs> right. So I think that there will be. I, I do I think there also I do think there will be a time of adjustment and you know as far as the the first games go um, I'm really glad that they're gonna be playing a lot of them on the road because I think that will allow some time for them to like really be focused on just getting their chemistry right yeah. so yeah I don't know if they're gonna win sorry <laughs> I'm not gonna come down with a yes or no on that one I feel the same way I mean Last year, the Blazers won the home opener to extend the streak to 18 straight home openers. Longest streak in the NBA as far as that specific context goes. Uh, and the Blazers at that time extended their Lakers win streak to 16 games. So last year was a big one. I was there for it. You know, Zach Collins had, I think, six blocks. It was LeBron's first game as a Laker. Uh, this year, I think, is going to be a little different. I think the Blazers are going to struggle in the first game. Um, I would love to be pleasantly surprised. I find um, 
I find a lot of times where players who haven't gotten a lot of time, the other teams aren't prepared for them. Like we saw last year with Nick Stauskas on the Blazers doing really well in that first game. Zach Collins doing really well. Jake Lehman at the start of the season doing really well. Um, so I think there's chances for that, but for all the players to do that well together on the Blazers after such a short time playing together, I just don't see it happening immediately, but anything's possible. Dame's a really good leader. This team still has a lot of really good pieces. Um, so all it takes is one good game to beat these nuggets. And that's, that's the most sure thing in my eyes that could be a loss at the start of the season. I think most of the other games toward the beginning is kind of a toss up. Uh, but hopefully the Blazers can extend that win streak. We'll see. What do you think? Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of with Tara a little bit, and and I think you kind of echoed her uh, opinion as well. In that, a lot of obviously a lot of guys returning for the Nuggets, and it, it's it's very odd, right? Because we've heard this as as our kind of band aid story for the last two to three seasons about well, you know, we have team chemistry, and to some degree, it actually really rang true and, and resulted in a lot of success, the most success that we've had in recent years. But um, now here are the Portland Trailblazers completely revamped and the Nuggets are the deepest team in the league. But I did hear a really interesting sentiment uh, when I was watching that first Nuggets uh, preseason game in that, you know, the Nuggets don't necessarily have that one guy. If they do, it's Nurk, I mean, Jokic, uh, who can just be that star player who is who is just taking over at times. Um, and I just don't know if that matters so much in a, in a first game of the, of the year. I think that that matters in a game seven on the road. I think that absolutely matters then. But um, the, the, the only thing that really makes me lean towards the Blazers' success is that it's in Veterans uh, Memorial Coliseum. It's, 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 it's at home. There's never going to be more buzz uh, well, there I should say there hasn't been more buzz uh, in recent years about the Blazers in general going into a season. Um, you know, we, we have a new se- There's a lot of unknown and that kind of breeds excitement. And uh, there's been a lot of success. So I think that I've seen a lot of people um, that were already Blazers fans really ramp it up in recent years, uh, myself uh, including. So um, there's going to be a really large crowd at that game, and uh, they're going to make it tough for the Nuggets. But I got to I got to echo what you two said, and that it's going to be a toss up for me. Yeah. I want to add on to what you said about leadership. One of the things that I always do when I talk to people from other fan bases I, is I always ask who's the leader of that team, and mm. I'm kind of surprised frequently that people really like kind of hesitate. And like, it's just been, we've been so used to having Damian Lord as the leader of the Trailblazers that I think we really take for granted what he does as a leader for that team. So, you know, like when I asked last year, I asked somebody who was the leader of the Nuggets and he thought about it and he was like, I'm going to do an Adam Mares, an imitation. <laughs> well, you know, really, it's kind of Mike Malone. And I was like, what? But like, you know, it's just it's something that I I think you're right. Like one of the advantages that the Blazers do have is that like they know for sure who's in charge. And it's not just like who's the best player who gets to the gym earliest. It's so much more than that with Uh Mm. team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I mean, uh, I mean, a coach is Mike. I can see that, though, a little bit. Right. Like when you have that much depth and it's it's. I don't know how slow it's been acquired. It's it's definitely been slower than than other big markets, but they have a lot of depth that's, you know, 
I don't know. It hasn't been there over over five, you know, four or five seasons. You know, it's three, two, three seasons, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling a little bit. Christian, your thoughts? Yeah, I'll I'll say uh, back when I was living in Colorado, I went to a lot of Nuggets games and the season that Nurk was traded to the Blazers. I went to the home opener there, which was against the Blazers. And, you know, it was this this whole big thing about like, well, Nurk's this guy that we thought all this stuff, but we also think Jokic is going to be so good. So it's just like the beginnings of the confusion on what they're going to mm-hmm. do with their two centers. Um, and eventually, of course, it went to Jokic. Nurkic went to the bench. Um, and I noticed that in the next Blazers game that I saw in Denver, which was where the heck is that other big center that was supposed to be so big? You know, it was, and they, you know, there was the talk about like the Joker, Jokic, and then I don't know. It was just a whole bunch of jokes about that. But when, <laughs> when I was there, my understanding in that first game was when I looked at the team, I just thought there were a bunch of young dudes who were just kind of chilling. It, it reminded me of how we think of the Minnesota Timberwolves a lot right now, where it's mm-hmm. just kind of a little immature and and not so focused on actually winning, at least how Jimmy Butler seems to view the Timberwolves. Uh, so that was kind of how I felt when I went to that first Nuggets game. I was like, are these just a bunch of young dudes and this new coach just like chilling? What are they doing? Um, well, they're the third youngest team in the league. Yeah, That's, right. That was my my Denver media Im- impression. Like, I swear, if I heard that one more time, I was gonna just throw whatever uh, I was listening to across the room. They're the uh, youngest team in the league. Ooh. I saw I saw a great piece on, uh, and and I'll, I'll I'll get through this quick because I, I know we still want to highlight the uh, first ten games here, and then a little bit of news, and then jump into uh, Tara's what Tara's got going on a little bit. But um, oh goodness, now I completely spaced. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh no! Denver locker room, young guys. <laughs> Third uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's things, basically things that that everybody says, but you know uh, how much how much um, you know sustenance is there to it. Mm-hmm. There was a great piece on Blazers Edge about uh, you know the Blazers are gonna run, and I wish I could think of the the author of that that piece right now. We always try to give credit, but uh, they actually uh, superimposed a, an image of uh, the. Prior to the first season ever in in 1970, how the newspaper was saying that about the Blazers, right? (laughs) So that was that was the headline before the Blazers were even ever played their first game at all. And and Mm. um, I'm curious to see how much that narrative is reiterated uh, just over and over again and and how much truth there's going to be to that. But, um, yeah, there's there's definitely some go to's in terms of uh, where teams teams fall for their for their narratives their self self-descriptive narratives but um christian did you want to for these first 10 games of the season so um to clarify for the most part we're not feeling all that good about beating the nuggets in the first game oh and and to clarify it's it's not in the memorial coliseum that was just the preseason game unfortunately that would be epic to have in a in a regular season game too. Also, terry stott's wearing 70s apparel would be awesome in a regular season game too uh but as far as the first 10 games of the season, um, I think the best way for us to get through this is if I just kind of give my ideas and then see what you guys think. So I'm thinking the Blazers are going to win like four to six of the first 10 games. Last year, they won seven of 10, and the three that they lost were really close. Uh, one was an overtime loss, 125-124 to the Washington Wizards. Uh, one was to the Heat. That was a, a disappointing one. And then one was to the Lakers. It was ended the streak of the Blazers beating the Lakers. This season, first game against the Nuggets, and then they go on a four-game road trip immediately after that. 
Uh, first is going to be against the Kings. I think the Blazers are going to win this one. Obviously, the Kings are going to want revenge because their last game of the season was also against the Blazers when Anthony Simons scored 37 in a comeback win to end the 2019 season. Um, I think Dame playing in California, Dame always just has a little bit more motivation. Um, the Kings are on the up and up, but with new coach and Luke Walton, I just don't think they're going to have it together enough to um, hang on to this three-seed Blazer team, even if there is a lot of change. Um, so I think the Blazers will win that one. Um, I kind of expect the Blazers to lose the next two in Texas. Um, they're playing against the Mavericks, um, obviously in Dallas, and then against the Spurs in San Antonio. Um, I just I can just see the Blazers struggling toward the beginning on a long road trip and Dame needing to corral the guys and, and tell them, hey, like, what are we here for? We're here to win. Um, game five's against the Thunder. I think the Blazers are going to win. I think Dame struggles against um, Chris Paul normally, but I just, I don't think the Thunder are a good enough team. I think that they're better than some people are saying. I don't think they're going full on tank, um, but I just don't think they're good enough. Um, hopefully, Hassan Whiteside plays well against Steven Adams. But yeah, I think that's where the Blazers get their second win is that game five, uh, fifth game uh, against the Thunder. And then at home against the 76ers, um, that one really could go either way. Um, Joel Embiid is really dominant. And I think the the best thing that the Blazers have going for them is that Ben Simmons only knows how to score inside. So the fact that we have two really good interior defenders is going to be very helpful in that game. And the Blazers destroyed the 76ers twice last season. So uh, I'll take the Blazers winning that, but I obviously wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Um, next is going to be in Golden State at the Warriors. The Warriors obviously don't have Klay Thompson or Kevin Durant that they had last season, but they will have D'Angelo Russell. Um, I'm going to take the Blazers winning that one. It, it could be a toss-up, but um, if I'm taking Dame or Steph Curry, you know, let's go Dame. Uh, and then at the Clippers immediately after that, I think the Blazers are going to lose that one. I think the Blazers are going to struggle against Paul. Well, actually, Paul George won't be playing at the start of the season, um, but even so... I think, you know, Mo's going to be a little excited to take on his old team. Um, I think that they have a really good team and Kawhi Leonard, and I think it's going to be hard for the Blazers to stop him. And then two games at home, Nets and Hawks. I think there's no way the Blazers lose to the Hawks. And the Nets are another fresh team um, that I think is still going to be working on things, and I think they won't be able to win so far from home. Um, so what what are your thoughts on the first 10 games of the season? I just listed off my... Uh, Six wins. I think um, they're more likely to lose more than that than they are to win more than that. But that first game against the Kings, um, and then the, the three other games on the road. What do you What are you thinking, Miss Tara? Um. Well, so I am not good at making predictions. I'm terrible at making predictions. So Same. I'm gonna skip that, and <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna be watching for in Got the it. first uh, the first ten games of the season. I'm re- very curious about how the front court rotation is gonna go. Mm. I'm really curious about how much crashing under the basket there's gonna be between um, guys fighting for rebounds. I'm actually kind of encouraged in the preseason because I thought there was I thought there was just gonna be like Zach Collins and Hassan. Whiteside like crashing into each other and both falling down on the ground constantly, but they seem to be in a pretty good rhythm in terms of not taking up each other's space. So I'm yeah. very curious how that works. I'm very curious about how the front ro- court rotation is going to work in the second unit. So I think we're going to learn a lot about like 
we're going to learn a ton from these first 10 games. Mm. Um, like I said earlier, I'm really glad that they're going to be on the road for a good chunk of them. Cause I think it's good to like get out of the city and just like be all together all the time. Yeah. So the other thing I'm going to be watching for is, um, are they actually going to continue to run? Like, I think you said that Austin, like, you mm-hmm. know, are they actually going to run? Because man, Hazonia and Bazemore are so fun to watch. Um, and all of that, you know, transition that we've seen in the preseason has been really fun, but yeah, will they keep it up? I don't know. Is Anthony ready? You know, like, are they going to expect him to shoot and handle the ball or will they just let him go in there and be a shooter? And then finally, the last thing is, will Scal play? Because he's kind of like my guy that I'm like super interested in this season. And I really like what he's been showing us in preseason. But, you know, like that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll see him once the season starts. But I'm finding him a better shooter than I ever thought he was going to be at that same game that Anthony scored 37, Scal scored 29. So, Don't forget about that. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the things I'm watching for. Front front court, front court rotation. Does the transition running, does that keep up? Is Anthony ready? And do we see Scal? I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I talked briefly in my last episode, uh, our last episode, uh, about Moses Brown as well. I think that, you know, obviously, uh, I, just because of timing and, and, and situation, he probably won't pan out as a blazer. But I think that he's going to be really great in the league. Um, so, yeah, that there's a lot of interesting front court things going on. Um, I'll, I'll go very quickly here because we definitely want to hear a little bit more about what you got going on, Tara. Um, what I have is... And this is because Christian strong army and said he was going to break my fingers. Um, he's I have Christian. I have a <laughs> that's not very nice. I actually have a loss noted for a home opener. Mm. Um, I have Kings as a as a win. Uh, Mavs as a loss. I think that with all that's going to be going on in our front court, uh, Luca and Chris Stops are going to be an issue. And I think that Chris Stops is playing very well uh as well as i thought he was going to be playing uh in the preseason and when he makes this comeback uh the spurs i have a w uh thunder i have a w i think that that chris paul uh dame dynamic is is if it hasn't already begun to shift it's gonna it's gonna really start swinging uh dame's way just because of father time um 76ers that's a w but that could that could uh and i only said that because of home if that if that was played on neutral turf i think that their height is going to be an issue for a lot of teams this year, uh, similar to the the Lakers if they decide to go that route. But um, the Warriors I have listed as a W just because obviously they've lost that guy named Kevin Durant and will be playing at home. Um, and they've got their own uh, rotation to, to sort out a little bit over there. Um, Clippers, that's going to be a loss. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that that Warriors game was at home by accident? Potentially. I don't know, but it well, is a way, yeah. That that's a way, but I still think that we're we're going to um, come out with a W there. But the Clippers I have listed as a loss, um, just because it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a second game in LA, and obviously Kawhi is still being present. And then I have uh, two Ws to finish it out at home, uh, but definitely can't um, underestimate Kyrie Irving or Trey Young. So I think that Dame being that improved defender is really going to help in those matchups. So ultimately, I have a predicted six and three. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like we're, we're relatively optimistic as a group here. Um, Christian, I know that, uh, did you want to add or Tara, did you, uh, want to add anything on, uh, Nazir or Powell and their injuries? Um, and then anything on Nurk switching to Rich Paul as his agent? Uh, I'll just say, uh, Powell Gasol, I'm kind of expecting that he won't be playing a whole ton of games this season. I'm sure he 
will be able to contribute um, plenty of times and that hopefully we can be big fans of his. But I really haven't watched him much since he played on the Lakers. So, I mean, Pau Gasol, I'm not expecting all that much from a player standpoint. Um, I'm sure that he's teaching uh, Scal and Zach a lot about what it means to be a winner and to be a big man who does more than just score or rebound or block. Um, and then Nasir Little, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm guessing he's going to end up in the G League for at least a good chunk of this season. Um, so hopefully he comes back soon enough that he can start developing more and more. But I'm not expecting him to crack the rotation for quite a while. All right. All right. Tara? I don't really have anything to add except to say that I have not gotten used to Pau Gasol as a blazer because he's always going to be Kobe's boy. Seriously. And um, that's just weird. And I'm sure at the end of the season, we'll be just so grateful that he was here. But mm-hmm. it's taking me a while to get adjusted to that. <laughs> Seriously. All right, Christian, we had some uh, last uh, minute wrap up questions. We want to uh, go ahead and interview Miss Biggs here and ask her a little bit about what she's got going on and uh, some of her bla- favorite Blazers memories. Yes. So Tara, um, I just want to say Austin and I are both big fans of yours. Um, I remember probably the first podcast I ever listened to, Blazers or otherwise. Wow, it just got dark, I realized. Um, <laughs> first uh, podcast I ever listened to was Blazers Ed- Edge podcast with you talking on it. And it was I was in Germany in 2017, and I had no reception where I lived, so I'd walk down to the store and get Wi-Fi and listen in. Um, so it's it's been a good memory listening to Blazer's Edge. Um, and I'm not much of a podcast listener, but I, I definitely listen to you. Um, so I was just curious, how long have you been with Blazer's Edge, and do you have a favorite memory uh, from your time on the podcast? Oh my God, that's amazing. First of all, thank you so much for telling me that. It makes me feel so good that somebody's listening. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. My kids, I have kids, um, three kids, probably about your guys' age, like mid-20s, right? So they think it's hilarious when they say that their mom has a podcast. Oh, Um, so good. So anyway, I started podcasting with Blazer's Edge probably, I think, four years ago. And Dan and I are just entering our fourth season together. And before that, I um, had the podcast with Joe, and she and I were – doing the podcast like a couple times a month uh, just to do something different. And uh, it was super fun. I'd never podcasted before. I had to completely teach myself how to do it, but it was a good time for me to learn something new because my kids had all gone off to college and I needed a new hobby. So that was how I got started with the podcasting with Blazer's Edge. And uh, so then I started hosting the weekly podcast with Dan. Like I said, uh, we're going into our fourth season together. And then a couple of years ago, so Joe, my original podcast partner, Joe, went off to see the world and travel the world, and she lives in Alaska now. And um, so I started doing um, podcasts with another woman because I really enjoyed talking, uh, just having a, a, an opportunity to talk with women about basketball. Not that I don't like talking about basketball with men. That's, like, totally <laughs> fine. Um, but it's just, like... We have different conversations when we have different lived experiences. And um, I knew that there were a lot of women who listened to the Blazer's Edge podcast. And I thought they might enjoy, you know, listening in on some of our conversations. And it turned out a lot of people like listening to the conversations. So anyway, so Cassidy and I are entering our second season of Women's Hoops and Talks. 
where we just talk with women about, about, about basketball, that's a little bit less Blazer-centered, although now that the Blazer season has started, we're probably going to concentrate more on talking about the Blazers. But when you were talking about, asking about, like, favorite memories, some of the really fun people that we've been able to talk to with the Blazer, with the Women's Hoops and Talks podcast, we talked to um, Stephanie Reddy right before the... Um, the NBA finals. And, Mm. you know, she is just like, I didn't really know much about her until I looked her up and found out that she was a pioneer in so many different ways. She was like one of the first female coaches in the NCAA of a men's team. Um, She was just breaking barriers in uh, media broadcasting. And then she gave us a whole tutorial on like what uh, VR programming is like, and it was super cool. So, um, And then when on the Blazers Edge podcast, one of my favorite things that we get to do is occasionally we talk to Ben Golliver. And I just think that he is one of the smartest, sharpest, funniest, um, you know, people writing about basketball out there. And we're just Mm. like, it's amazing to me that he came from Portland and started with Blazers Edge. And, you know, not that I'm thinking that my trajectory is going to go that way, but it is fun to like have a hometown guy to talk with um, about the Blazers. And then one last like super fun, awesome memory from the podcast is I got to talk to his partner on Open Four Globe, um, Andrew Sharp. And mm-hmm. that was just a super fun experience for me because when I listen to the Open Floor podcast, I don't know if you guys listen to it, but it's I highly recommend it. Those two are so smart. Um I always think of like Ben Golliver as kind of like my podcast partner, Dan, and just like the super duper duper smart, go deep on something. And then his partner's a little bit goofier and, you know, is still knowledgeable, but like cracks some more jokes and like has to kind of like talk down the guy who's kind of inflating things a little bit. So I was kind of related to Andrew. So it was really fun. One of my highlights was being able to actually just talk to him and have a conversation with him. Oh, and then I also got, I finally got my dream of a mom to mom conversation, which was super exciting. I got to talk to Tamika Simons, who is Anthony's mom. And for ages, I've just wanted to talk, like, like I said, mom to mom to like, find out what's it like, like, not that my kids aren't fantastic because they are fantastic, but they're not in the NBA. (laughs) And so like, yeah, I wanted to know what it's like to like raise a kid who is that talented and that focused and that driven and like has such a rare, uh, talent and, uh, path to, you know, so it was amazing to get to talk to her. So those are some of my highlights. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, that's so cool. I, I, I thought it was so cool that you had Anthony Simon's mom on your podcast. I'm like, wow, what a perfect podcast to have, I don't know, <laughs> to have a mom on. It's very on brand. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can I take two more minutes just to tell you about uh, the Women's Hoops and Talks meetups that we do? Yes. Let's do. Okay, so... I was going to ask about that, actually. Yeah, so when Joe and I first started doing our podcast a long time ago, we were like, okay, it's great. We're going to, like, reach out to all the groups of women around town who get together and watch basketball because we thought that was a thing. And, of course, it wasn't a thing. We, We were like, oh, okay, so there aren't any like meetups for women who watch basketball. I guess we better start one. Mm-hmm. So we started that. We're going into our, again, our fourth season of doing women's hoops and talks meetup. We do them once a month, always during an away game um, because a lot of people attend games and we do them at the McMinimans on Broadway. And it's, oh. it's not, 
um, it's almost all women because a lot of women like like to bring their husbands or their partners or their uh, sons or whatever. But the whole point of the women's hoops and talks meetup is that like the women have the floor, and like it's our takes are the ones that everybody's there to hear. Cause it's just, you know, some of the women are, you know, have been season ticket holders since the first season. Mm. Some of the women Wowza. are, have wow. never, like we've also had women who've never watched a game before, but thought it sounded fun and nice. were like, and too, too intimidated to like, you know, go like try to watch it with somebody else. So we were like, no, come and watch it with us. So we try to <laughs> make it comfortable for you, no matter what your level of interest is. And so there's no like right way to be a fan. So if you like to watch the game because you think the uniforms are pretty and you want to come and watch the game with us, that's totally fine. And if you like to watch the games because you like to yell at you, the refs and you think that they're out to get you, that's fine too. Oh yeah. Um, so we do these once a month and, uh, as soon as we started meeting, we realized that like once a month wasn't enough. So we started a Facebook group and it's super active during games. And it's funny cause a lot of us go between like either Reddit and our Facebook group or Blazer's Edge and our Facebook group or whatever. And we go back and forth because the conversations are just different mm. and I'm like, I'm not placing any judgment on whether or not one kind of conversation is better. It's just that they're really different. And sometimes um, you just want to have a conversation with um, with other women who want to talk about, you know, mothering stuff and mm -hmm. like being worried about them because we think they don't have much sleep and we think they have bags under their eyes or like, why does oh. that Collins look gray and sweaty? Oh, last night was his 21st birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> like what happened? Yeah. Uh, so we just have different conversations and. I just I feel really proud that I I'm like helped get this platform started so yeah. uh, people could just be who they are and um, that's what we try to do so um, and we you paved, you've, you've paved some roads here because now we have outlets like Rip Twitty as well and, and oh my and gosh others. those Rip Twitty ladies I love them so much and I'm so excited about all the stuff they do and they one of the things that I love about what they do is when they have meetups, they often do like um, they'll do like a, a, a drive for, you know, feminine products or whatever that they then go donate to other pe people. And I was like super inspired by that. So we started at our with our groups um, doing volunteer shifts every couple of months. So we got a group of us from women's hoops and talks to go do the food bank. And we worked a shift at the food bank and we all wore our blazer gears and talked about the blazers. And um, oh, wow. it, it was also awesome because the firemen showed up that day. It was like, oh. super, like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> we nice. just did a, we just did a shift at the children's book bank. Um, so we're trying to figure out ways that we can be about more than just the basketball and give back to the community. And a lot of that was inspired by some of the stuff that ripped what he's been doing too nice cool. that's all right well, I, I gotta get my mom connected to the uh yes the women's hoops and talk uh meetups that's why i always say tell your mom whenever totally. I tweet about them. absolutely i'll I talk to her it. About tell it your mom yep um so <laughs> a couple it. quick questions for you that we ask all of our guests um first who is your favorite non-all-star blazer of all time well, Alfaruk Minu is okay. way up there. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I um like his was his number one fan in Portland. Hashtag Aminu Appreciation Society. I oh, respect yeah. <laughs> and acknowledge the Aminu Hive, but I myself was the uh, chairperson of the Aminu Appreciation Society for the finer wow. things in life. So yes, I loved Alfaruk Minu. Um, does 
um, I, I, I've, I should know this, but was Kevin Duckworth ever an all-star? I feel like he was maybe once. But I love. I don't think he was, but let me look it up real quick. I feel like he may have been once. But anyway, he and I share a birthday, so I absolutely loved him. Oh, and Andre Miller. Andre Miller Mm -hmm. is like the folk hero of women's hoops and talks. So um, those are probably the three that I would say. Al Farouk, Andre Miller, and Kevin Duckworth. Duckworth was actually a two-time All-Star, both with the Blazers. So So I'll have to come up with somebody else. I know. So another one is, what is your favorite Blazer game that you've ever attended? I don't know. They all, they kind of run together for me. I mean, obviously the most memorable was the one where poor Nurkic got hurt. Um, And also, obviously, that was not my favorite. And I didn't get to attend the, um, you know, any of the, like the OKC one. But one Mm. of my favorite ones to watch, okay, we had a meetup during the four overtime game. Oh we were gosh. having a women's oh, and talks meetup man. and we that was the were best. dying. Oh my God. And it was like, we felt so bad because like um, the people from McMenamin's were there and we we're like, oh, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they're like, it's fine. You, you know, we're, we're like, it just keeps going. The game won't end. It's, oh, we're sorry. I had some, uh, some high school guys over. I, I have guys that I hang out with um, regularly and we were playing video games and I was like, Hey, is it all right if I put up the, the Blazers game? It's almost over. And they're like, Oh sure. And then that was, the fourth quarter and then the four overtimes happened and by the end everyone was a Blazers fan oh yeah it was so good (laughs) yeah I remember watching the uh the Brandon Roy game against Dallas um we were my son was playing soccer in Eugene and we were heading home and we turned on the radio and we were going to listen to it on the way home and they were down by like 24 we were like oh all right let's stop at Tracktown Pizza and get some pizza and and you know we're not in any rush to listen to this and so we went to Tracktown then of course we were watching the game and it got closer and closer and Brandon Roy went off. And by the end of the game, like the entire restaurant, including all the cooks and dishwashers and everybody, we were all standing in together watching that game together. So that's definitely one of my most memorable games to watch. That's so awesome. Good. That's awesome. Any other questions we have here, Christian? I don't have any. If you, if you got, at least not for the podcast right now, but if you got any, <laughs> Well, um, I, I don't I don't believe that I have any at the moment. I think it's awesome what you're doing over there, Tara. I think that, um, like I said, you guys have paved roads, and, and you've been doing this um, long before Christian and I probably even graduated high school, let alone oh. drink a beer <laughs> legally. Hey, and I, I mean that I mean that um, positively. That's, I know. I know. You have you have you have a lot to offer to the community, and and you sure as hell keep doing it. So we appreciate you. Um, it, Obviously, did you want to give a quick shout out as to where uh, the folks can find you and, and your specifics of, of your tags and whatnot? Yeah, and thank you again so much for having me and saying all the nice things that you said about me. It makes me feel really good to know that people are listening. It's awesome. I love what I love about basketball is it brings together people, and I've met so many people that I never would have met for any other reason. It's just like that one little introduction that we need to like become friends and get to know each other. And I think it's amazing. Um, You can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs and you can follow the Blazers Edge podcast or you can just follow Blazers Edge at Blazers Edge and you can find the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. Both of those podcasts are in the same podcast feed. So if you just go to 
and you want if you just subscribe to the Blazers Edge podcast, you'll get both of those. And also, if you're interested in the Women's Hoops and Talks meetup, I have all of the dates for all of our planned out meetups pinned to my Twitter page. Awesome. So just go to my Twitter profile and you'll see all the dates. Yep. And I hope to see awesome. you guys there. Well, except for Austin, you're in, in Phoenix. But guess what? <laughs> have I got a treat for you? The Women's Hoops and Talks ladies are going on the road to Phoenix this year. So what? we'll be there in December. Yeah, last year we went oh. to Denver together. Um, there were like 10 of us last year, and we're going to try to get a similar size group. And this year we're going to Phoenix. So we might have to look wow. you up. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Definitely go ahead and, and locate us on any major streaming platform, be it uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you fancy, uh, or on Twitter at Peeps in Plaid. Um, and then we actually got some new tunes, I think, huh, Christian? Yeah, yeah we got some new tunes from my buddy, Anthony Mashoni. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, his uh, his handle is Ant. X Mac, so A N T X M A C C, uh, goes by Mashoni. He actually just uh, he does a lot of great beats. Um, no lyrics. It's this one's going to be called Intellect, and he drops it on SoundCloud. This guy is really talented. So uh, thank you, Anthony, for the music, and uh, thank you, Tara, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Bye.